Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. And I am your host. Don Q, how's everybody doing out there today? It is Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> September 16th, 2022. How's everybody doing out there today? Hopefully everyone's doing fabulous. I don't know if that's a word. Fabulous. Splendiferous. Terrific. It's Friday, right? All right. So here is a show that we are doing, or I am doing, uh, Just it's just me, myself, and Mike, the, the two of us, the three of us, me, myself, right, there's two, and then DJ Magic Mike over here on the one and two, good job uh, with the intro there, buddy, right, good job. Thanks. Um, you're not supposed to talk, but you wanted to stay silent, K5, right? All right. Anyway, um... <laughs> Also, guys, please don't forget about our newest sponsor to the show, me. I'm the spot now. Uh, Christian Lawson watches, right? ChristianLawson.com. Check them out. Uh, find premium watches, uh, Swiss made, designed in London by Christian Lawson himself. Go to ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM, that's D T O M, at checkout to get 30% off your purchase. 30%, guys. That's a pretty good chunk of change. So uh, check them out. Men and women watches. I know it's only September, but Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, gentlemen, uh, check out the ladies' watches. Maybe you can get you something for your wife, your girlfriend, your wife and your girlfriend. You know, whatever you got going on there. I don't know. It's none of my business, but sugar water. Buy two watches. All right. Well, what I'm going to bring to you all today is a show I've actually been working on I've well I shouldn't say I've been working on like it's a two-hour show but um uh it's something I've been thinking about I've been writing notes on this and it's been accumulating over the last couple of weeks and oddly enough it's with what I'm going to talk about today it's actually kind of a good thing I I waited to bring the show to you so I'm going to start out with a couple of clips here um I don't want to clip you all to death but you know um, it's going to be about three clips, 10, 20, 22 clips. No, I'm joking. Just, just a couple clips. This one is, is, uh, interesting. I found this clip. 
This was back in the 90s. I think this was actually recorded in 92. So keep that in mind. This was almost 30, well, 30 years ago when this was recorded. And listen to what these guys are saying. Now, of course, 30 years ago, this was dubbed conspiracy theory. This is the moon is made of cheese. This is conspiracy on the highest hilt 30 years ago. You say these words and... These guys were considered Looney Tunes. These were crazy of the crazies. 30 years ago, these guys were the crazy of the crazies. It's like, what in the freak are these guys talking about? So listen to what they have to say. Um, I don't even know. I think they might say their names during the during the deal here. But just just listen to it and tell me it's not a little little freaky when when you the hear New World the Order stuff they're talking really about. The consists of three aspects. There is a new world political system that everyone today is calling the New World Order. As well as that, there is a, an economic plan for the New World Order. And that is called the New World Economic Order. Uh, in addition to those two items, there is a third plan for religion. You see, uh, the planners of the world know that men need a religion of some kind, even if it's a false one. So they have a plan to give us a new age, world, global, occultic religion. So really, there's, there's three aspects to this new world order. A new world economic order in which a computer chip will be injected into our hands or foreheads as a means to track, control, and identify us, and will also be used to uh, make our purchases and scan. Well, they've, they've already put the program in in Los Angeles. In fact, uh, right. a trilateralist uh, named... Mayor Bradley, Uncle Tom Bradley, was uh, responsible for putting right. this in dogs. Right. And your children will be uh, considered like animals, like animals. And yeah, operating absolutely. through the Council on Foreign right. Relations, through the Trilateral right. Commission, through the Club of Rome, through Global 2000, which right. wants to reduce the population mm -hmm. of the planet by, uh, what is it, 25%. Uh, 25, percent. Mm -hmm. 25 well, that's two, uh, 1,250,000,000 people have to be exterminated by the year 2000. Well, they, they can do that. So they essentially, this, technology. this Illuminati then is, is the group of men who control not only all the money on the planet through all the world banks and the Federal Reserve and so on, but they control essentially all the governments. And so these men are planning to bring, a, uh, bring about a global form of government that's unique in all history. It's a total enslaving system of world communism and fascism controlled by a hierarchy in Europe uh, that uh, Anthony calls what? The oligarchy. Well, no, I call it the evil arch. The evil arch. The oligarchy okay. of evil. So these men are satanically inspired, and of course we get that term from the Bible, which means the devil. They're satanically inspired to bring about a global form of government to every nation on earth. All right, so that gentleman... Uh, it didn't say his name, and it said it on the screen here. Obviously, you can't see that because, you know, this is audio. But uh, his name is Terry Cook. So Terry Cook is a he's a Christian intelligent analyst and retired Los Angeles County deputy sheriff, criminal investigator. He's also a former state of California uh, deputy real estate commissioner, fraud investigator. He's a vet, uh, Vietnam War veteran and a former California National Guard officer and the anti-communist intelligence. So he might know a little bit of something about what he's talking about. So the interesting thing there was three parts. It was financial, um, uh, religion, and um, leaders, leadership, right? So um, 
I want to focus now. We this is obviously. I mean, I, I meant to say this prior, but this is obviously another New World Order. I'm I'm calling this show New World Order 2.0, and the reason I want to focus on this is this is more obviously we've talked, and I have a I have something here on Klaus Schwab. So obviously, in previous shows on the New World Order, we've we've spoke of Klaus Schwab and the WEF and the Great Reset and all that stuff. We've done a couple of shows on that. Um, I, oddly enough, I think we are at the forefront of doing some of these Great Reset shows and, and New World Order situations. I know we're just a small fish in a giant pond of podcasters, but I just find it interesting that as we did a show on the New World Order uh, almost a year ago, that your mainstream podcasters that have a shit ton more followers than we do are now starting to talk more and more about the great reset in the new world order to the point where some of them are even having a conference and I'm not mad I'm not even saying they got the idea from me but I just ask this of any podcasters out there listening to this show we are all in this together to try and spread the word we're not enemies of each other especially if you're talking about the same stuff, we're, we're all on the same side, right? Um, all I ask is if you're going to, if you're going to use this stuff and these ideas, throw me a bone, have me on for an interview. You guys can reach me, go to my, um, Twitter, PCGC underscore 1775 or the show D Tom underscore 1775, reach out. We can work together. We can do show on show interviews. We can do stuff. Don't just uh, say, oh, this guys uh, he's a small fish. Let me, let me just steal his stuff because no one's really going to know. But I know because I hear the things you say because I listen to some of these other shows. And I hear the words you use, and I'm like, that sounds awfully familiar. You know, uh, to the point where I stopped listening to one show because it was almost like me and Chris would do a show or I would do a show either way. And then like a few days later, they would have a show, and it was almost verbatim. Now they're on the other side of the country. They're over in Seattle or Washington State, I should say. Um, <laughs> Chris was like, oh, did you listen to such and such? I was like, I already heard it when we did it. So anyway, to, uh, to get off of that. Anyway, New World Order 2.0. So we've talked about the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and those things, the young leaders, councils, and stuff like that. I want to focus on the religion aspect of it and the one world religion that has been talked about but not greatly so now the reason we want to focus on this and, and like I said I had a lot of this written a couple of weeks ago uh, probably damn near a month ago I, I, I should actually say and uh, since then you know we've we've had uh, Queen Elizabeth pass away um, and now you have Prince Charles who is now King Charles the third right and I have some. I have a clip of him here in a minute. I want to. I want to read this first. But where um, he talks about setting uh, the church. So as as the king of England, he is now the head of the Church of England. So um, this this was prior. This article was actually prior to him becoming. Uh, King. This was wrote. Uh, this was actually a couple of years ago, but um, obviously he could see into the future. I mean, uh, this was three years ago, so uh, his mom was what ninety three at the time. 
So obviously he knew sooner or later she was going to die. She was 93. So Prince Charles reportedly wants to change things up a bit when he becomes king. According to Lord Carey, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Prince Charles wants to set new ground once he became, becomes head of the Church of England. During his conversation with the royal author Robert Johnson, the latter echoed Carey's statement. He said that it is evident that the Prince of Wales wants to do a job, his job a little bit differently. Carey responds by saying the prince, that Prince Charles wants to chart new territory, which will be interesting. And the heir to the throne is also very outspoken. Meanwhile, Jobson praised uh, Prince William and Prince Harry's dad for cultivating, cultivating various religions so that he could have more balanced understanding of different faiths across the globe. So if you're a, a Catholic or a Christian or whatever, uh, let's just say you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus Christ, right? Um, I can understand wanting to learn about other religions, but why are you cultivating various religions? If you noticed, and obviously people that listen to this that are from England know how, the, the especially the city of London, has become a lot more diverse with Middle Easterns, a lot more Muslim faith, a lot more mosques being built in the city. Um, why is that? So during his visits around the country, he makes sure he is balanced visiting um, Muslim, Hindu, Christian communities. He has studied in, uh, the Korean in depth and has been a student of the Arabic language for years. He also visited um, Judy, Judaism in depth and is close to Jonathan Sachs, former chief rabbi. He believes that both faiths have a great deal in common with Christianity. The future surely lies in rediscovering the universal uh, truths that dwell of the hearts of religions, he said. Well, obviously, Judaism and Christianity blend very, very much so in the, in the sense that, you know, Jesus was a Jew. So, um, as of late, it is still unclear when Prince Charles will be crowned as king, but it looks, by the looks of it, he wouldn't have to wait much longer. Queen Elizabeth is already 93 and even though she doesn't have any plans to abdicate, she is slowly relieving some of her duties to her eldest son. Meanwhile, Prince Charles also made headlines this week after it was reported that he tried to keep his family intact after Princess Diana's death. Uh, death, right? Even though he and the Prince, Princess of Wales were already divorced at the time of the late royal's accident, quote unquote, Prince Charles still insisted on picking up his ex-wife's body for the sake of their sons or to cover up the crime. Um, so there's, there's an interesting three years ago, he talked about melding the religions. So here's a clip of Prince Charles and he is at the, um, world economic forum. And I think this was this past year. Uh, and this is what he had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast 
military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. So he says financial to he. Who is he? So some say he is invoking the Antichrist. So what kind of church is he trying to lead us into, or not us, the Church of England? Um, it's it's very interesting. So I, I have one more clip, and these all kind of go together. This is Klaus Schwab. Now, this was a uh, kind of a Project Veritas type uh, recording. Have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, of course, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, continuous um, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course, and very important um, experts and scientists and academia, because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions, and the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders, we have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs. So, social entrepreneurs, Zuckerberg, Twitter, right? Uh, medical scientists, Fauci, maybe, rings a bell. Religious leaders, Pope, kings, presidents, um, government leaders, news leaders, news media. So you heard the 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 uh, different acronyms, the EPG and the PGG and the FGG, whatever all the fucking different things are, the SEGs and all that crap. This is <laughs> this is a planned event. Now the first video I played you was from 30 years ago. These guys talked about these things. One world religion, global leaders, world you know, um, world religious leader leaders, uh, microchips implanted in your body. So one of the things I wanted to go back to that first video, and I never really thought about this until I actually saw this video. So if any any of y'all that have pets, especially like a dog or a cat, um, you get them microchipped, right? You, you surely my dog is microchipped. You know, dog gets out, it gets lost, it. You, you know, they call the number or whatever, and they know who it is, whose, whose dog it is. So was the idea of that microchipping your dog, your cat, I don't know that you do a cat as much as you do a dog, but nonetheless, is that something where it was an idea? So look, we, can, we have this technology, we can try it out with dogs in the sense that, you know, we'll get pet owners to say, oh, we need to get Fluffy microchips so if Fluffy gets out, we know where Fluffy's at. And if, it, if you can do this and it survives and you can track a dog or a cat, whatever the case may be, well, surely this will work on humans. We've talked about Amazon One, for example. That is an active, uh, ongoing thing it's it's real and look it up you can google amazon one that is implanting an rfid chip into your wrist i think it is or the top of your hand i can't remember where it goes 
And that's how you pay for stuff instead of having like, okay, for example, you go to the grocery store, you go to wherever you use your credit card. Have you noticed now your credit card, you don't even have to swipe or insert. You can just tap them, right? That's, that's that technology. So now <laughs> we've talked about this. So 30 years ago, right? You paid, you pretty much, if you went to the grocery store, you paid with cash, check, or credit card. I mean, hopefully you used cash or check at least. Um, then debit cards started coming around about 30 or 30 years ago, give or take. Um, to the point where, like I told a story once where I remember getting a debit card and trying to use it. And they're like, what is this? Is credit card? No, it's a debit card. What? Um, and they start getting you used to the convenience of these certain things. And, it, and they baby step you into convenience. This is all baby steps. So you have the debit card. Then it goes from the debit card to the chip, and you insert it. And, oh, it's for your protection. It's for your safety. What's the difference between that chip and you swiping it? Nothing. And then it goes from that to now you can just tap it. You don't even have to do anything. Just tap it. Just tap, tappy. Tap, taparoo, right? So now instead of having to carry a wallet or a purse or all these credit cards or you, whatever the case may be, you just tap your hand. Look, you don't even have to carry all that stuff. We have, we have your ID. You just have it all inserted on that little, little uh, microchip there. No big deal. It's no big deal. Just a little, you know, half-inch incision on your, on your wrist. Just pop it in there. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt. You know, give you a little topical. It's fine. All your information. You don't have to even carry a wallet. You get pulled over by the police, you know, for whatever reason, you're speeding or whatever. All is they can scan your arm. All your information, your, your license, your insurance, everything pops up. You don't have to carry anything. It's simple. You, I'm saying this, and I'm not being, it sounds like I'm being a smartass. I'm being 100% for real to the point that there are people, like you could be listening to this right now, and you're like, this motherfucker's lost his mind. Mark my words. September 16th, 2022, I'm telling you right now. Within a matter of time, and, and I'm not saying 20, like this video I played earlier was 30 years ago. So these guys said the things, it was 30 years ago, and obviously they quoted a date of by the year 2000. Obviously, we haven't seen that yet. I think we're on the precipice of this happening soon. And I'm not going to say sooner or later. I think it's going to be sooner than later. Is it going to be this year or next year? Maybe not. But I wouldn't be surprised by 2025, definitely by 2030, because that's the agenda. Agenda 2030. We've talked about these things, guys. Go back and look at our old shows. Agenda 2030. We have just over seven years for that to come into place. You hear these people's words. Klaus Schwab isn't getting any younger. Uh, Prince King, whatever, Charles, isn't getting any younger. Biden, all these people that are pushing this agenda aren't getting any younger. Now, you could say, well, uh, I don't know however old Klaus Schwab is. I think he's probably in the 70s. Is this something he wants to get done before he dies? Maybe. But does, does, is that the point? It's not about him. Fauci's, what, 80 years old. He's part of this. Does he care that if he gets to see the creation that he was a part of come to fruition. I'm, I would say all these guys would like to see it happen before they die because they're that kind of a person. They're narcissistic like that. They want to see 
the destruction that they've created, but it's not about them. They're just a part of this. They are the architects. They are the, because they go away, someone else is going to come right behind them. That's what the young leaders uh, council is about. You, you build and you mold these people to become the new Klaus Schwab's and the new Fauci's and the new whatever. That's what Trudeau and Zuckerberg and all these people that have gone to these young leader schools are about. It's not about, it's not, it's not like going to school. These guys went to a WEF school to learn how to be sadistic like these people. Google, and I'm not even saying duck it, Google Amazon One, I'm telling you, the RFID chip is already, it's not even that it's being a thought of and, and it's in production, it's being used. You can say, Don, you're crazy. This is whack. You played a video from 30 years ago, and these guys said the same thing, and it still hasn't come to fruition. <laughs> I've told you time and time again, these things take time. They can't just dump it on you all at once because everyone would freak the fuck out. If they baby step you into convenience, then you're going to say, okay, okay, okay. Cell phones. We go from these cell phones that, you know, I remember my first cell phone was relatively small compared to like the big bricks and the carry bags and shit like that. But it still weighed probably like five pants, uh, pounds. I put in my pants and my pants would fall down. Then you go from that to the Nokias, to this, to that, to the Nextels, to the, to the this, to that. So now you have iPhones or the Androids and the Sa uh, Samsungs and whatever. And these things are powerful. And it's all at your fingertip. It's all in a matter of convenience. So now what if they take all of that technology and meld it together into one little thing. They can plant it in your arm or in your head or in your neck or whatever. Um, we've seen movies where it's like, oh, I'm getting a phone call. Boop. You know, oh, I need the, where's where's the near Starbucks? Boop, boop, pops up in your head. You know, you have like a heads up display in your eye. It sounds crazy as fuck. I get it. It sounds very science fiction, very movie-ish. But we've told y'all that it's our belief that movies aren't as fictional as they seem. They're fictional for the time. Like, obviously, you see a movie like Demolition Man that was made 30 years ago, and you think, that's crazy. That, that would never happen. And couldn't it? Because we're about halfway through that movie right now. Um, I think sometimes a lot of these movies are a way of telling us what's coming. They ease you into it, and you can have a discussion with somebody. I had a discussion with somebody a couple of weeks ago. And it, I can't remember exactly, the, I don't even know the show. I think it was like, I don't watch these shows, so I don't know if it was, uh, Lord, I don't know, Lord of the Rings or one of those TV shows like that. I, I don't know. I don't know shows. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, I know Chris will be like, it's blah, 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 such and such. So whatever. Um, and we were talking about a subject, and the, the guy's like, oh, that was on, you know, that show. I was like, I don't, I've never even seen that show. I don't even know what you're talking about. To the point where I can't even think of the name of the show. <laughs> and uh, I, it's our belief that they put these things in TV shows and movies and whatever to get people thinking. Like you, you put out a movie or a big TV show, and it's not even a movie. It's a, it's something that's on Showtime. And I, I know for the life of me, I'll think of it when I'm done recording. But whatever. Um, <laughs> it drives me crazy. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, uh they know a shit ton of people are going to watch it and you're going to have people that watch these shows and think that's, that's not a bad idea. That's kind of cool. Uh, what was it? Back to the future? Like the second one, right? The, 
the kids are sitting there with the 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 like the VR headsets. Now that movie was <laughs> damn near forty years ago, right? <laughs> uh, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, Dad, it's for you. That's now. We're here. So you see these movies and people are thinking, oh, that'd be kind of cool. You have a VR headset and you play video games and you get a phone call. And that's kind of cool. Oh, shit, you get a phone call, you see it on TV. That's kind of cool. We're here. They're, we're here. One thing we don't have is the flying cars yet. And we all say, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Get that, get that chip put in your arm. That's cool. I mean, think about it. I don't have to worry about carrying a wand. I don't have to carry a phone. I don't have to carry anything. I can get the, the, uh, the lock on my door. I can just swipe it. Cool, I don't have to carry keys. You know what else you don't have to worry about is maybe leaving your house because when the government locks you in and you can't leave because you're not permitted or you've had your daily allotment of free time, we're seeing these things happen now and people are just dismissing it to to glitches, to function, to whatever. What happened in Denver a couple weeks ago? Right? People opted in to these... Um, digital whatever uh thermostats there was a heat wave the city locked everyone's thermostat everyone that was that had opted into this program it was like oh you can opt into this program you get a you know you get this digital thermostat and it's and it's free and it's going to help you save a little electricity plus we're going to knock you know 50 bucks off your electric bill whatever the dollar amount was people were like shit yeah fucking free yeah let's do that and much like all of us, and I say all of us because I'm the same way, they didn't read the fine print. They agreed and accepted the terms of contract, which I guarantee you, and I think it came out that in those terms of service was that the city controls your thermostat. If it gets to a certain temperature, they can regulate, and da-da-da-da-da, here we are. What's next? The city's going to come around and say, hey, we got these uh, locks for your house. You know, you don't need a key. You just swipe your little... Your little badge. And hell, we have them at our job. You know, it's getting to the point where they're just going to take all this stuff and condense it into one little microchip and say, here you go. And everyone's, and not, I shouldn't say everyone, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, yeah, that sounds right. That's That sounds right. I don't have to worry about carrying, you know, women will be like, I don't have to worry about carrying a purse. And men, I don't have to carry a wallet or keys. It's going to be great. You're going to have people. There's people out there. There's 38% of this country that think Joe Biden's doing a fucking great job. So you're going to have at least 38% of this population that's going to be in line to get their fucking microchip. It's going to happen. The New World Order 2.0 is inevitable. And this, the attack on Russia is the biggest geopolitical gamble in America's history. If it succeeds, America will be the undisputed hegemon of the world, leading the truly one-world government. On the other hand, if it fails, the American century and the U.S. dollar status as a global currency will collapse unceremoniously. We are living through a momentous and dangerous arc in history. We are living in history, and you guys don't even... A lot of you don't even realize what's going on. You see this stuff in, in Ukraine. You see this stuff going on with Russia, and we don't think a lot about it because it's not bothering us. I mean, it is because we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine for whatever fucking reason. 
In the meantime, we are drowning in debt and uh, inflation. Talked about that the other day. Uh, what was it, back in early March? We sanctioned Russia. Oh, we're going to sanction them. We're not going to buy oil. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Who did that hurt? Who did not? Not that we bought a shit ton of oil from Russia, but who did the sanctions hurt? Didn't hurt them. It made Russia, it made the ruble stronger because what Putin did was say, cool, you don't want to buy from us? Whatever. There's countries that will buy from us. And then what he did is those countries that would buy from him, instead of them, because, you know, we shut down the SWIFT system where they couldn't do bank transfers, cool, whatever. Uh, you need to transfer your, whatever country you're in and whatever dollar you use, you need to switch to the Russian ruble and buy the oil from us. Countries did that because they were desperate for oil and the ruble gained ground. So time is running out for America. And I did a series a while back called the, uh, the Rise and Fall of Empires, right? And I talked about some of the greatest empires in, this, in our history that, are in, that we are aware of in our history. And I ended, it was a three-part series. I ended that series with the collapse of America. And what I did was in that series is get a window security alert from, uh, oh. <laughs> what I did in that series was try to show you how the, the great uh, empires of history came to power, what brought them to power, and what brought them to failure. And a lot, pretty much all of them mirrored one another. And not any one of those empires defeated the other one. You understand, it's not like you had the Roman Empire defeated by the this empire to, you know what I'm saying? They just rose and fell. And, and there was obviously other, um, I don't know if you want to call them micro-empires in between. But you, you, you could say the Mongolian Empire. You can say the Roman Empire. You can say the British Empire. And people are going to know what you're talking about, right? We are currently... I would say on the downslide of the American empire. And not to regurgitate a, a show that I did, but go back and listen to that parts one, two, and three. They're about an hour or so each long. And you'll see how each one of those empires, how they rose and fell, how they all mirrored one another and then put America in that same time frame of what happened to those empires and what's going on now. So, you know, let's start with the big picture. America is rapidly fading. The U.S. share of global GDP is shrinking. And America's debt is exploding. How long can the U.S. dollar enjoy its exorbitant privilege? A max, maybe 10, 15 more years? Maybe. America's democracy is also faltering, and the country is deeply divided. Meanwhile, anti-American forces like China, Russia, and Iran are getting stronger. Russia has hypersonic missiles with multiple nuclear warheads that U.S. missile defenses systems cannot stop. China's GDP is, is a whopping $18 trillion now. And Europe has peaceful relations with Russia, the provider of their energy. And China, provider of cheap manufactured goods... The so-called Eurasia will have an economy twice, twice as large as U.S. 
even vassal states like Saudi Arabia are now starting to rebel, daring um, to sell oil for the yuan. Thus, something has to be done. Plan A. Number one, we have to contain China. The U.S. tried to contain and decouple China during the Trump administration. However, that failed miserably. U.S.-China trade was a whopping $650 billion in 21. The next option could have been isolate China by pulling Russia away from China's orbit. Sort of like what President Eisenhower did when he invented this, uh, I'm sorry, invited the Soviet leader Khrushchev to the White House in 59. Um, Nixon did the divide and conquer in the other way by allying with China and isolating Russia. Um, and, that, and that's important. So like you talk about containing China, you want to separate China and Russia, and we really did nothing more than bring them closer together. So plan B, you want to crush Russia and strengthen our dollar. But instead, the U.S. went for the jugular, trying to cancel Russia and turn Putin into another Kim Jong-un, a global pariah. The astounding strategy must have been planned a long time ago, since in the matter of days, almost every Western corporation ended its relation with Russia. The West cut off Russia from the SWIFT, the global financing system, and stole more than half of Russia's hard-earned foreign exchange reserve. It's a bit surprising that Russia didn't start bombing Europe and the U.S. These are the same types of uh, provocations that led Japan to attack Pearl Harbor. The chaos that ensues from the shock and awe economic warfare could help the U.S. by weakening Europe, crippling Russia, and strengthening the U.S. dollar, which will be seen as a safe haven, ironically, even though the U.S. just proved it, cannot, it can seize assets at any time at once, the U.S. dollar will benefit in the short term. However, over the long term, this may backfire. Um, if you look at which countries are America's enemies, they, all, they have one thing in common. They don't have U.S. military bases, and they have independent foreign policies, independent media. If, you, um, if you're in a country that is free from Facebook, Coca-Cola, Goldman Sachs, and Lockheed Martin, you will be enemy number one. So what happens next? Well, at this point, Putin seems safe. There may not be a coup coming in Russia anytime soon. He will win the war in Ukraine and probably chop up Ukraine in half, which ideally is the idea. That's what he wants. It has nothing to do with Ukraine. It has to do with these regions in Ukraine. I talked about this the other day that are Russian-speaking. These are Russian areas. These are people that were raised Russian and as of lately became Ukraine. It's interesting how lately you watch the news within the last couple of days and you're seeing how Ukraine's dominating. Ukraine's beating Russia. Are they? Do we, will we, or do we, or will we ever know the truth? I, I don't think we will. History will be written by the winners, and uh, we'll never know what's actually going on or what actually has happened. You don't see anything on TV anymore. You just hear things. Um, so the eastern half will become a new country or will get absorbed into Russia, which more than likely will be the case. Securing Crimea and the Black Sea is a matter of survival for Russia. Then he will start to negotiate with Europe. Russia has a lot of leverage. It's not North Korea. Russia, and more so when combined with Ukraine, 
is the world's leading exporter of not only oil and natural gas, but also wheat, fertilizer, corn, sun oil, and titanium. Pro, uh, titanium, oddly enough, one of the main <laughs> uh, components to these electric cars, right? To the batteries, the the metals, um, our aircrafts, um, palladium, right? And other crucial metals. Germany's economic minister predicted mass unemployment, poverty, people who cannot heat their homes, people who run out of petrol if the country stops using Russian oil gas. You're going to see, I talked about this the other day, you're going to see that this winter. We talk about the heat, we talk about air conditioning, we talk about electrical brownouts and whatever you want to call them. You can survive the heat. It's the cold that kills you. When... Biden, what was it last year? It's going to be a cold, dark winter, or whatever he called it. It's this is this is what he meant. This is the year. Of course, back then he was talking about the unvaccinated. This is the dark winter that he was talking about, and he helped create that. It's possible there will be riots in many developing nations due to shortage of food, fertilizer, and energy. You know, perhaps the CIA will use this as an excuse to do a whole bunch of regime changes. <laughs> probably in this country included. Um, China will protect Russia. As for China, it won't let Russia collapse. And we saw that when the sanctions came on Russia and uh, they tried to kill Russia's economy, who stepped up and financed and helped uh, Russia? It was China. If Putin gets replaced by an American puppet, I don't see that happening. I... <laughs> I, th I think if anything were to happen to Putin, that would start a war. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Um, so unipolar versus multipolar. If Russia falls, the entire world has to accept America as the supreme leader of the world. It will be unipol <laughs> unipolar moment 2.0 on steroids. Europe will eventually benefit from this hegemony, although European leaders will be the junior dictators. America is trying to choke the multipolar world um, at infancy, honestly. I don't know if the world leaders have the balls or the integrity to stand up to this totalitarian future of a one-world government. I don't see the leaders of the global south openly condemning the West provocations um, or the unprecedented sanctions on Russia. Although some countries like India are quietly resisting by buying Russian oil, and the BRICS ministers met in Moscow, the timid ones who don't speak out uh, now will have to act or have their heads eventually on the chopping block. So it's interesting. So the BRICS nations, we talked about that. And that's Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China, and I think South Africa. Thus the letters. Um, China is is networking. They know they can't get anybody in Europe on their side. They have Russia because they're kind of like the rich uncle. You know, China's like the rich uncle of, of Russia where they're like, you know, hey, you know, hey. And they're going to South America. They're doing the same thing in Brazil, Venezuela, um, India. India is going along with this because they're kind of stuck in the middle. They're right there. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to side with America who's, you know, fucking, you know, 
five, six, seven, whatever, thousand miles away, or am I going to side with China who's right to my north? Hmm. Probably side with China. I'm not trying to die. So, in essence, we're screwed. No. <laughs> the BRICS, and we've talked about this, uh, is working on a new global reserve currency. The BRICS, which, which I already told you who those were, it was Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, is a key block of emerging countries. After the BRICS met in June, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that the bloc is working on a new global currency reserve. The 22 meeting was held virtually against the backdrop of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Could BRICS currency replace the U.S. dollar and the global reserve currency? So that's something that's going on now. That's not something they're thinking about doing. It's, they're doing it now. So the interesting thing is, is we're talking about American imperialism. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't think it is necessarily just America. I think this has a lot to do with Europe and your European leaders. And when I say even America, I don't know I'm talking about us. I'm not talking about the United States. It's Canada also. And it's interesting, you know, when you put America in this situation and you talk about American imperialism, America, you know, we all know the basic story of America, right? We started out as anti-imperialist, the, the idealist country with 13 states, 3 million people, but it forgot its roots, kept expanding in North America for the next century. After 1900, it joined the race of for colonialism, subjugating Latin America and even colonizing Philippines. Thanks to World Wars One and Two, the U.S. took over all the European colonies and created a more sophisticated empire built around finance behind the sea military bases. And it's interesting, you think about it. What did it say? Countries without U.S. military bases and Facebook and Coca-Cola and whatever. Just about every country in this world has at least one military base of some sort, U.S. military base of some sort on its property. Hell, even Cuba has a military base. Um, whether it's a naval port, an army base, air force base, whatever the case may be, um, except for Russia, China, territories of those countries. <sighs> <laughs> and America is now the world's most powerful empire with 800 military bases in 140 countries. Enormous stranglehold on information due to conventional and social media and an overwhelming hegemony over global financial systems. And Europe is quite is a quiet but vital player in the scheme. But nothing lasts forever and everything is replaceable. If America and Europe are determined to hold on to imperialist and colonial powers rather than share powers... The world will have a terrifying future. And that's the thing. When you're dealing with a bunch of countries, so 140 countries, so of those 140 countries, how many show power? And that's not all the countries in the world, but, you know, America, England, you know, Germany maybe. Obviously, Russia, China. Um, you're, you're literally talking about a handful of countries that could destroy the world. And for What? You know, if the West wins, we will have a 
totalitarian nightmare of a one-world government, one-world currency, and one-world technocracy. And before I go on here, I want to say one thing. Now, this sounds like I'm saying the West, you know, if the West wins, that's bullshit. You know, America can't rule the world. And there's people like, what the fuck's he talking about? We want yeah, America, America number one. We want to rule the world. Guys, it's, it's not, that's not where I'm going with this. This isn't about America ruling the world. Okay? I have always said personally, in my personal life, America is the greatest country on earth. Right? This, this show, don't tread on America. Not don't tread on the world. Don't tread on one world. I don't give a shit about everyone else. No offense to the people that are listening to this from other parts of the country or other parts of the world. But you guys probably think the same thing. Whatever country you're living in and you're listening to the show, you're probably thinking, yeah, Australia's number one. Yeah, England's number one. Yeah, you know, Portugal's number one. And I agree. You live in whatever country, you have to believe that where you live, you are number one, right? You're not a fan of a football team and you think, you know, every every time you watch whatever college, professional, whatever whatever team you root for, you watch that game and you could have the shittiest team <laughs> that you can ever remember having. You still watch that game thinking we might have a chance to win. Right? You never you don't automatically be like, We're gonna lose. We suck. You, there's always that glimmer. You might say those words, but in the back of your mind there's always a glimmer of hope that you're gonna pull it out. I don't want America to rule the world. I want America to rule America. We can't, I mean, in, in all honesty, we can't take care of our own shit. We want to rule the world. What do you think happens to us in this country if America rules the world, if there is a one world government? What do you think happens to us? If a country, if, if leadership is so bold as to think they can rule the world in combination with European leaders and the WEF and the UN and whatever entities you want to lump together to create this new world order, what do you think it means for people like us? We've already heard Biden say that people like us are a threat to democracy. You have Marines standing behind them, which I didn't really think much about it until you really start thinking a lot about it. And then when the question was asked to, uh, whatever her name is, the uh, press secretary lady, uh, about the Marines, and she's like, oh, well, you know, they're there to help, you know, protect democracy. They're, they're an envisionment of protecting democracy. Well, he just said that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the democracy, and then you got the Marines, are you trying to, is that like a ipso-opso saying that if you guys keep fucking around, we're going to send the military on your ass? And then you have Biden a couple times different saying, the Second Amendment doesn't mean anything. You can, it's like you got a F-15. Now you got tanks. Get ready, guys. It's coming. You can sit there and say, America's number one. We're great. We should rule the world. You can say that all day long. And I agree. America is great. Should we rule the world? No. We need to take care of our own problems here. We need to quit sending money everywhere. We need to worry about us, U.S., us. If what I'm saying is true and happens... We're all fucked. <laughs> this isn't going to be an America that you want to live in. It sounds all fine and dandy. We're the rulers of the world. We're untouchable. No. No, because if they can do that to the world, what do you think they can do to you? Look at everything that's going on right now. What I talked about the other day, 50 
Trump uh, followers raided by the FBI and not even people that you've ever heard of other than like Mike Lindell and Steve Bannon and, and those people, just regular people that posted shit on Facebook or whatever, Twitter, someone turned them in, FBI coming, knocking on the door. It's coming, guys. You got this looming railroad strike. Now they're supposed to vote on this today on Friday. Um, from all accounts, it looks like it might be fixed, but technically it hasn't been voted on yet, so we'll have to wait and see. I'm telling you right now, God forbid that railroad strike happens. You already seen Amtrak the other day say we're canceling long-distance train travels for the near future, and it's not about Amtrak taking passengers from here to there. This is bigger than that. It's about the rail cars that, that carry ammonia and coal and products and gas and whatever from different ports of entry. That's, that's a big deal. That's, that's about as big as if the truckers decided to not work. But the difference here is you have truckers that are American that are like, fuck it, we're striking. But you also have truckers that are Haitian and Jamaican and Cuban and Venezuelan and whatever other country they're from that don't give a shit. They're just trying to make a buck. So a railroad strike would be detrimental because guess what? If the trains ain't running, the trucks ain't running. I'm telling you right now, pay attention to the news today. If that strike happens, not trying to freak you all out, but if you live in an area like Florida and you've, you've ever dealt with hurricane scare, that's what this is about. This is, and, and, and it's not in one area. It's not like Florida or Texas or Louisiana where we've dealt with, oh, shit, a hurricane's coming. We need to haul ass to the store and buy a shit ton of water and candles and batteries and whatever else, right? Propane. It's not about that, <laughs> but it is about that because it's going to be a countrywide thing. It's going to choke this country. You think supply chain's bad now? You think inflation's bad now? Let that strike happen. These numbers will triple overnight. Watch the news. Keep your ear to the ground. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you. I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to scare you. No. If that strike happens, you might want to take your happy ass to, the, to Walmart, Target, wherever you shop and buy as much stuff as you possibly can afford to buy. Don't go crazy and buy stupid shit that you'll never eat or drink. But if you drink water, get you a crap ton of water. If you need to wipe your ass, you better grab you some extra toilet paper. Get you some soap. Get the things you don't think about. Oh, I got a couple bars of soap. I'm good. You might want to get a couple more bars. You might want to get some shampoo. You might want to get these things because I think if the strike happens tomorrow, on Friday, rather, if it happens today, this afternoon, when they vote, if that happens, it's not going to be immediate. People aren't going to think about it. What's going to happen is you're going to have people, you're going to have people like me that's going to go to a store and buy a bunch of shit. Now, granted, I have a bunch of shit, but I'm going to buy a bunch more shit. Okay, you're going to have people like me that does that. Then you're going to have people at the store that sees people like me thinking, why is this dude buying 10 cases of water and soap and shampoo and toilet paper? What is there, is there a storm? Well, there's a, there's a tropical storm in, in the Atlantic, but I don't think it's coming to Florida. Why? 
Well, maybe we better buy a few things, and then they're going to buy a few things. And that's how what happened with the toilet paper during COVID. You had one little rumor about paper shortage, and then boom, toilet paper was gone. People couldn't wipe their ass enough. So, heed my warning. Pay attention to the news today. Turn on your, if you, if you follow, if you have a Twitter, maybe put an alert on there for breaking news. And if that strike hits today, I'm telling you right now, get to store and buy you some stuff. Because, what, I think it's three days that most stores, most companies don't have more than three days worth of supplies once the supply chain cuts off. If the trains stop running, you can consider your supply chain cut off. Your Walmart ha- your Walmarts have warehouse facilities in, around the country that are full of products. And they'll ship said products to stores, but it won't last long. Within a week, these stores will be empty. Okay? I'm just saying. Listen to me. Don't listen to me. You guys do you. I'm telling you, if this train thing happens today... It's the beginning stages of this, and we're not on the the good part of the scenario because a hungry country is a dangerous country, and it's not dangerous towards the people that should be. It's dangerous towards, we're dangerous towards each other. We're already divided enough. We don't need to be hungry and divided because that makes civil war also. All right, guys. With that being said, I think I'm going to do a little more research on this, and maybe I'll touch on some more of this on Sunday. Hopefully, we don't have to throw the panic siren out and hope everyone's out shopping and buying stuff when I come to you guys again on Sunday. Hopefully, the strike gets, uh, or, you know, there's no strike yet, but hopefully the deal gets signed and they come to terms and whatever is whatever and uh, crisis averted, hopefully. Um, But like I said, if not, just keep, stay on your toes. All right, guys, with that being said, please make sure you check out our social media platforms, Don't Tread on America, on Facebook, Instagram, and um, the Terror Talker. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775, and on, if you want to follow me, PCGC underscore 1775. If you have any questions, concerns, uh, you can send them there. You can go to our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. You can put a message on there, whatever. Check us out, follow us, and don't forget our sponsors, uh, Redcon1.com, promo code T20Quartermas, and Maker's Mark Bourbon. And, of course, our new sponsor, ChristianLawson.com, promo code DTOM at checkout. Uh, other than that, guys, you have a great rest of your day, Friday, and, um, you know, just, just keep your head on the swivel. I'll uh, talk to you again Sunday.